Get construction group. After announcing a contract extension for Pablo Lopez on Monday, the Twins return to action tonight with Sonny Gray on the mound in Boston. Patrick Mahomes says he's looking for Gadarius Tony and Sky Moore to enjoy expanded roles as they get more comfortable in their second year in the Chiefs' offense. Bills general manager Brandon Bean said today DeMar Hamlin has been fully cleared to resume football activities, and Hamlin is back working out with a team. I'm Doug Thompson. For the win from the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Tuesday get two for one on the best wings in town. Score! This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. We take you into 1 o'clock. Bottom of the hour, Ben Gisless and Voice of the Iowa Wild. We'll talk about the playoffs for the second time in franchise history. Postseason hockey in downtown Des Moines. A week from Thursday night, round number one of the three-day event that is the NFL Draft. Uh, Matt Manasseran joins us, uh, sportsinfosolutions.com. It is a phenomenal resource for all the sports, but I love it for the NFL draft. And Matt joins us for the final time as uh, he's going to be on assignment next week. But Matt, thank you for doing this as always. How are you? I'm doing great. Excited to be here as always. Well, good to talk with you. Before we kind of look at our four regional teams, uh, I want to ask you this question because, as you well know, and as you've said many times, you just can't believe a word that anybody's saying at this (laughs) point. What's Houston doing by floating it out there that, you know what, we're not too sold on the quarterback. We might be uh, um, Will Anderson, um, whatever. Just don't... uh, uh, write it in pen that we're going to take either Stroud or Young. What are they doing? Are they trying to uh, make it miserable for their division foe, the Colts, that draft two spots below them? You know, I think it's possible that could be what's going on here, right? If you're the Texans and you think that the Colts are really hot for Levis and they don't want to miss out on him and uh, you want to try to entice them to maybe move into that spot, you think you can get kind of cute with things. I could see something like that going on, but more likely, I think this is all just media stuff right now. I think, like, I know if I was in the draft room in in Houston, I would think that it was funny uh, that this sort of thing is going around and that these sort of things, I don't know, maybe maybe not if there was too much truth to them. But usually the stuff that you hear, you're like, I don't know where they come up with this stuff. And, And this probably falls under that category. Let's dive into our regional teams. We are surrounded by four NFL teams. It's great. One of the teams is terrible. We don't have to talk about them as much, or somebody's really good. We got somebody that we can jump on the bandwagon. Well, the Chiefs obviously have been the bandwagon, and the Bears have been the team that we haven't had to talk a ton about. That is my team. I root for them. Let's start at the top. The decision by Ryan Poles trading out of the number one spot. Your thoughts on that trade, what they got moving down to nine, and how that supplements them building for the future. Yeah, I mean, it's never exciting when you when you have the trade down, but I'm always a big fan of it. I think it sets them up, uh, pick up some extra picks, pick up the future picks that they get mm-hmm. as a part of this deal, and they're going to have an opportunity to get a really good player there at number nine. So I, I look at you kind of sit there, you feel good about your quarterback situation, and you kind of, you know, the, everybody say, what, best player available, you have your best player available. I'm never a proponent of need-based drafting. I think especially when you have as many holes, at basically every mm-hmm. position on your depth chart 
as the Bears do, you want to go best player available. But if their Northwestern product, Peter Skaronsky, is available at that time, he would be an attractive offensive lineman to bring in. I think he's got positional versatility. I think he's a day-one starter. Um, that's, that's almost too perfect a fit there for him just coming straight down from Evanston. Better um, is he a better prospect than the uh, the kid from Ohio uh, Johnston uh, Paris Johnson? Is he a better prospect uh, than Paris Johnson? Is this a are there two and only two um, offensive linemen in the first draft in your mind? So those are definitely the guys that I look at um, a little bit higher than anybody else on the list. There's uh, a couple of interior guys you could talk about, but you're always going to usually get the tackles off the board first. Skaronsky is as high a grade player as we have. Not as high a grade as we had uh, a few years ago on um, the, the other Northwestern kid that went to the Chargers. Uh, Chargers, uh, yeah, Slater. he got hurt. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. Rashawn Slater, not that level yep. of a prospect. Everybody talks about the arm length with Skaronsky. Are you going to have to move him inside? At the end of the day, I see him playing left tackle, right tackle, or either guard position. I think he can slot in anywhere, and he's going to be a sort of uh, every down type starter for you. And um, I, I like him in either slot there. So the versatility is another thing that I think gives him a little bit of an extra nudge. But for me, I put him a little bit ahead of Paris Johnson. Paris Johnson's got the, the size and you see the raw athleticism, but um, not always there with the anchor strength. You saw some inconsistency on the film. So uh, for that reason, I, I would say Skaronsky's ahead of him. Other guys I'd look at, take, you know, when it comes to early, uh, on the interior, you could look at John Michael Schmitz, the center out of Minnesota, and then uh, the guard Osiris Torrance out of Florida, somebody who's also gotten a lot of love lately. Uh, those are probably the next guys for me, but definitely not in the same range as those first two. Bears have DJ Moore now after the trade with mm-hmm. the Carolina Panthers. Chase Play, uh, Claypool, who they got from Pittsburgh, along with Darnell Mooney. I know everybody wants a skill position guy. You want to help out your quarterback in Justin Fields. Are the Bears in a position where they can wait, you know, take a flyer, fourth, fifth, sixth round, something like that, at wide receiver, or do they need more help in your mind? Both. I think that they need a lot of help at wide receiver, but they need enough help in other places where it's harder to fill talent that I think they'd probably be wise to, to stay away unless there was somebody that, that was really, really attracted to them. This is a draft where I think uh, maybe not so many top, top-end wide receiver prospects but there are a whole bunch of guys that could fill in as, as long-term number three options on an NFL team, and that might fit in nicely. You know, if DJ Moore, if you consider him like your true number one type, then all of a sudden you can start to round out a, a receiver room around him. And I think uh, there are a whole bunch of guys that are going to be available on day three. Listen, every year at the draft, we love talking about the guys that have the ball in their hand, but there's more running backs and receivers on the board than that than at other positions. It's just very hard to find offensive linemen, defensive linemen, guys that can cover people. And high, high high-end receivers, I'm not saying that they're not worth drafting, but you can find starting-level players later in the draft. Uh, Which of the three Ohio State receivers, two of them went last year, uh, Wilson, uh, Alave, and then the kid this year, Smith, uh, uh, his last name, Ajigma, Ajigma, who missed a lot of playing time. He was hurt a lot for Ohio State. They say there's people out there that think of the three that maybe he's the more talented of that trio, and maybe the best one's still back in school in Harrison Smith Jr. Uh, Harrison Smith, uh, Harrison Jr. Um, what do you think about Smith the Jigba? Yeah, it's pretty crazy, the receiver talent that's come through Ohio State. I think 
Olave and Wilson, both were legitimate Rookie of the Year candidates last year. And yet, if you look back at 2021, when they were on the field, along with Smith, Smith and Jigma, I mean, all to various extents, um, Smith and Jigma was the guy that was the most productive out of all of them that year. And he was the one that scouts had their eyes on even more so than the other guys there, even though we knew those guys were going to be first-round picks. So um, I think this is a, a guy that has a lot of length, a lot of ability to, to uh, catch catch balls uh, all over the place. He's got body control. He's got route savvy. You don't see a super-duper explosive player, um, but um, I think he makes up for it with other things, including his frame um, and other aspects of his game. So uh, love him operating out of the slot, but I think he can play inside. He can play outside. Um, he's, he's the top receiver in this year's draft class by my rankings, by our rankings at Sports Info Solutions. But um, in terms of comparing him to those last guys, I think because of the injury and some of the question marks that we see kind of coming off of that, I think he's, he, he ends up projecting about in the same range as them as a prospect, whereas it looked like he was on the trajectory to be the best out of all of them. Hmm. Maybe the Bears. We'll see. Let's go to 15. That is where the Green Bay Packers reside currently with their pick. It is a different offseason as we await. How important is getting the Aaron Rodgers deal done to the Jets or wherever he ends up before the draft? I think it'd be great. I think the Packers would love to do it, but I don't I don't know if it's happening. I think um, the way that this is shaking out, it's looking more and more like it's going to be a future pick potentially that's involved, or it could get really, really messy. So um, I think it's important. I think it's been important. I'm shocked that it, that this still hasn't, you know, the shoe hasn't dropped one way or another. Um, so uh, when it comes to the Packers, they're about as as much of an enigma as, mm. as any team in the league right now. Need a tight end. Uh, the kid from Notre Dame, maybe. Would he make sense uh, at that Sam spot? Sam Laporta? Well, I mean, he's probably a second. Rounder, I saw. I've seen it, a couple of mocks with him in the first. Not that high, yeah. but Mayor is that Mayor at the tight yes. end? Uh, uh, the kid from Notre Dame. What uh, tight end with Green Bay? Yeah, Michael Mayer is our type tight top tight end on the board this year, and obviously keeping the the Notre Dame kid kind of in the region there yeah. would be real nice. Um, he's a he's a true wide tight end, so a guy who's an inline blocking tight end, but he's also really productive as a receiver. Um, he was tops in our tight end leaderboard in terms of both his receiving statistics and his blocking statistics this year amongst all of the tight ends that are available in the draft. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk lately, but I think he's the clear-cut number one. He's a plus player as a receiver, and he does everything you need in in the blocking game. So um, I would love him there. He's our 13th-ranked overall player on the board, you know, despite people want to knock tight end positional value. But, it, but uh I think he'd be a really good player to get in that spot. They have four seventh-round draft picks. What do you do if you have that many? I mean, they're they're darts, right? You're just throwing it up there and hoping something sticks. What do you do with four of them? Well, you know, believe it or not, um, when we did our internal mock draft, the person who had the Packers, number 15 pick, traded down and picked up even more picks. So <laughs> um, I guess they, they perceive there to be a lot of holes on the roster that need filling. But um, I think when you have – seventh-round picks, there are a few different philosophies. In the case of the Packers, their philosophy has been clearly defined over the last 10 years that what they want to do is draft really, really athletic people. They do it in the first round. They do it in the fourth round. They do it in the seventh round. They want to draft. doesn't matter if you've been necessarily the most productive college player. Let's bring in a Rashawn Gary, and let's see if we can mold him into what we want him to be on our defense. 
And at times that's been really, really good for them. Obviously it helps when you have Aaron Rodgers there um, in terms of how everybody else looks on your, on your roster. But I think when you look at the four seventh round picks, that's what you can expect from Green Bay. They're going to be taking big, fast, strong players. And if they get two of them that make the roster and two of them that never play it down for them, they'll be just fine with that. Uh, the Vikings at 23, um, Kurt Cousins, it's his final year of his contract. They need a quarterback of the future. I don't think any of the big names in this year's draft fall to 23. I'm anxious to pick your brain on that. If they're all gone, the big four are all gone, Richardson, Levis, uh, of course, Stroud, Younger are long gone by then. Hendon Hooker's a guy that, yes, he's injured, and yes, he's, what, 25, Trent? twenty. I think 25. He's older than... Yeah, he's older than Kirk Cousins. There you go, <laughs> seemingly. Um, so would you would you pull the trigger on a Hendon Hooker? The, the, the Vikings need help on both sides of the football. But you've got to have a quarterback if you want to have a chance, and they won't have one unless they do something with Cousins this offseason. What do the Vikings do? You know, if I'm the Vikings, I really wouldn't be focused on, on Hendon Hooker there late in the first round. I agree with you. I think the first four guys are probably gone at that point. Hendon Hooker, for me, uh, I worried most about the accuracy when I saw it on film. Uh, you know, a lot of people have really been high on him lately. We do some work over with the 30-13. Mike Tannenbaum's been, been raving about him. And um, I understand that he's mature. He ran that offense really well. Um, obviously, you know, their, their program was transformed there. You love the base that he has, and you saw some really good things on the film. But I think when you look a little bit deeper, there's just too much inconsistency with the accuracy, and I don't want to bet on a guy that's already 25 years old and coming off an injury to try to, you know, improve in ways that I might expect an Anthony Richardson to improve, or, or I might at least hope that Anthony Richardson has the upside to improve on. I think we might be kind of seeing – a maxed out product with with Hendon Hooker. So for me, I'd, I'd hold off a little bit. I see him as probably a little bit more of a day two guy um, rather than a first round quarterback. It, you know, if I'm if I'm the Vikings, uh, I'm thinking about building up front. Uh, I'm thinking about building at cornerback. Um, those those are the positions that I think really uh, you look at the the defensive line specifically in the cornerback position. I think that's where. Um, they need to get a lot better if they want to have a, a chance of competing. Unless, unless you're really just going into full, full rebuild mode, which, which I don't think they're quite there yet. Not just prospect rank, but also fit. Minnesota sides, we're putting somebody on the other side of Jefferson, and we got two guys on our board mm. that are available: Quentin Johnston of TCU, yep. a behemoth, six three strong, and then Jordan Addison didn't run the quickest time, but you watch the tape; that guy can get in and out. You can play him inside. You can play him outside. Of those two, for the Vikings fit, who would you like more between Johnston and Addison? Yeah, good that you phrase it that way because they're they're blocked in. Same grade on our board, both of these players. We see them as solid number two receivers on the NFL level. I would lean towards Johnston ahead of him. We got the same grade, but we do have Johnston. Um, and part of it is the size, speed, just uh, having having the um, that body. Um, you you have a lot that you can work with there where if you can sort of refine a little bit of the technique, some of the route running, that sort of a thing, I just think the upside is so high with him. And then, you know, across from Justin Jefferson, everybody's job is just that much better. So he was he was uh, number one in uh, our total points rating per route run, uh, tied with a few other guys there amongst the guys this year. He can really run after the catch. He's a pain to bring down um, because he can run away from you. He can run over you. Um, he's, he's dangerous out there for the cornerbacks to have to bring down all those little people around him. 
Um, and then the deep speed, um, which, I mean, if you can take the top off the defense across from Justin Jefferson, I mean, it's, it's, that'd be a nice fit for sure. Uh, since we've done all the regional teams, a, a team that's kind of, and they've got two first-round picks flying way under the radar, I think this draft is Seattle. Uh, there, there they sit at number five. Geno Smith had a terrific year, but he's Geno Smith, and I and I want to see it again. And he's not getting any younger. Neither of us, none of us are. But um, might they be in the quarterback market? If if Richardson oh, yeah. is still there, I mean everybody's got Carter going there. Might Seattle just be sitting in the weeds, knowing that they're going to take a quarterback with the fifth overall if one's there? Well, I mean, two things you know about Pete Carroll. Uh, number one, he loves gathering talent. So in that in that regard, you know, if Carter's there, it's going to be hard for them to say no. But another thing is he's shown the ability to bring in multiple quarterbacks, right? A lot of NFL people say, "Oh no, you got to have your quarterback if you have if you have more than one quarterback, then you don't you don't have one quarterback." Well, he's shown in the past, okay, I'll sign Matt Flynn, I'll draft this Russell Wilson guy. Everybody can compete, and it's okay if we throw away some resources on something we didn't end up using. We got to get that position right. The contract they gave Geno Smith is not long-term starter money. Uh, it's very much sort of prove it slash backup type money. Um, so I could certainly see a scenario where they draft a quarterback. If they like one of those two high upside guys that's sitting there for them at number five, uh, be it Richardson or Levis, I could see them, I could see them being in the, uh, in the market there. Um, we talked about Hendon Hooker before. I'd, I'd rather trade down, and it wouldn't be for my taste, but I think crazier things have happened than, than that sort of being in play. But, uh, man, if I'm, if I'm Pete Carroll, I have a hard time not getting one of those two defensive studs. If it's, if it's Anderson or Carter that's available for me, I, I might have to just run that card in. Hmm. The last of yeah, our we forgot the Chiefs, too. <laughs> yes, the, the reigning champions of the Super Bowl. Can I tell you who I don't want them to draft? Zay Flowers. I think they need a receiver, yeah. and I think th- this guy's he to me is one of those guys that flow because they don't watch a lot of Boston College, right? <laughs> right. You just don't. Um, where are you on the Chiefs and his flowers? Please tell me he's going to be gone. Yeah, um, I think that's right around the area where Flowers could see himself coming off the board. Um, I don't love him at that value, um, but I can see why. I guess it's it's this sort of archetype of receiver that you're that you're tired of with the Chiefs. Yeah, <laughs> um, that that same type of player, um, I can definitely see that. Um, so maybe not Nicole Hardman, maybe not Kadarius Tony, um, hopefully more Tyreek Hill. But um, all that Flowers has been is just an incredibly productive receiver. Um, he's just catches balls all over the place, and um, that's that's what he did there. So um, I think he's a good prospect. I think he's a good playmaker. He's small. And I think that's where you're getting back to is like you'd rather have some more big guys there to accompany uh, Patrick Mahomes, and I think that's a that's a reasonable point. Um, but again, a guy who I see as probably a number two type prospect, mm-hmm. um, not not an ideal starter. Probably do a little bit more out of the slot, ideally, because uh, with the size. Um, but I do think he can also play some Z, uh, get in and out of routes outside there too. Um, could be in the mix. Not going to lie. Could be in the mix. I'd like to see the Chiefs invest in something a little bit different, though. Um, seems like a, a, that uh, the defense could still use a little bit more love if they want to keep with their, with their kind of recent roster construction, which is Mahomes and a defense. 
Matt Manasseh and Sports Info Solutions, uh, thank you uh, for doing this for us. Um, I know you're not uh, you're not available next week, but we'll uh, rely on one of your colleagues, Sports Info Solution for all sports. But boy, oh boy, you guys have the draft uh, covered from wall to wall. Uh, Matt, thank you for doing this again this season for us. We sure appreciate it. Thank you, Matt Manasseh. Thanks for having me, guys. We got to break it down after it's all done. All right, deal. Yes. We'll take you up on that. Absolutely. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, good to talk to you. Graphite Construction Group, they uh, sponsor all of our draft coverage. In fact, it starts Thursday night. Yes. And then the following Thursday, you're going to be live in Kansas City. Um, so what do you got cooking on? You and Sean, are you going to be at the Chicken Coop on Thursday? We'll be at the Ankeny location. That's where we'll be from 3 until 6. Our mock draft starts at 4 o'clock, so stop on out. Get your favorite team's placard, and you can make your pick live here on the air on KXNO with our 2023 <laughs> mock draft presented by Graphite Construction Group. Always fun. Done this now the last couple of seasons. Always a good time. And Sean, he's going to take the MC duties. We were talking through this the other day. And uh, me and Russ Carew, the owner of Graphite, who is as big of an NFL draft nerd as you're going to find out there, will be uh, will be making the commentary then after each of the picks. Uh, going to be fun. Uh, you guys will head down to Kansas City for rounds one. Are you staying Thursday or Friday? Rather, you coming home? Home. I'll come home, yeah. Probably can, just going to get back on the road after the show and get back after that. But yeah, Don't we'll blame you. hit all the festivities Thursday afternoon into the evening. Watch the Bears select at number nine. Who do you want as a Bears fan? You want an offensive tackle? Not, I'm, yeah. I, you I want, want a receiver? Everything. No. You I don't, don't want? You think you're good? Not at nine. Too high? As Manasarian just said, yeah. they need too much else. They do. Those three receivers are fine. Mm-hmm. What if Carter slips? I can't see that happening. I can't either. I don't think he gets there. But there's one guy every year that, yes. that falls into that category. Maybe he'll show up and there'll be a video about 30 minutes before the draft of him with a gas mask on. Wow, that was unbelievable. <laughs> Jesus. Um, and he went to, the, that was, where was he from, Old Miss, or LSU or Old Miss? He was a South, a SEC kid and he went to yeah. Dallas, I think. I don't remember. No, didn't he get, wasn't it Miami. Houston. Yes, Miami, Miami to start and yeah. ended up in Houston. Tunsil, you're talking yeah, Jeremy about. Jeremy Tunsil. Uh, no, Lair, uh, Larry. Sergeant, Larry Tunsil. Yeah, anyways. Ole Miss. One of the two. He's Maybe an both. SEC. He could have been. They didn't know in college the way it is now. Uh, anyways, uh, time for another $1,000 home run. Head to KXNO.com. You'll see the pop-up box, your chance to win $1,000 simply by inserting the keyword fun. Fun at KXNO.com. Fun at KXNO.com. Your chance to win a grant. Uh, other opportunities coming up about an hour from now. Uh, and then uh, every hour through the remainder of local programming here today, the Murph and Andy show from 1 to 3, and then Heather and Sean, the KXNO drive from 3 until 6. The Iowa Wilds are in the playoffs. Ben Gislason is the voice. He's with us next. Trends plays of the day still to come is Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. KXNO. If you own a house, you've got a huge asset. And everyone's looking at it. With Wall Street investors buying up homes in Des Moines and renting them out like never before, you have to wonder, what do they see in your big asset that you don't? The truth is, if you sell your home instead of renting it, you can kiss your asset goodbye. Especially with today's higher interest rates, the best way to save your asset is to rent it out instead. Does renting make your asset look big? Yes, it does. Especially when you hire the professional landlords at Renner's Warehouse. DIYing your property management is a total pain in your asset. But with Renner's Warehouse, you never have to find tenants, collect rent, or hand
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Handle pesky maintenance calls again. Don't lose your asset. And stop busting your asset trying to manage it yourself. Go to renterswarehouse.com to book your free home rental price analysis today. Or call 515-528-4429. Renters Warehouse. You can't buy happiness, but you can rent it. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-NETL.net. The NFL Draft is coming up next Thursday in Kansas City. But before Goodell takes the stage, it's your turn. Join myself, Trent Condon, and Sean Roberts during the drive on Thursday, April 20th, and you can make your pick for your team Live on the air, it's the KXNO Mock Draft presented by Graphite Construction Group. We'll be at the Chicken Coop in Ankeny, 1325 Southwest or Labor Road. Great wings, cold drinks, and a lot of NFL Draft conversation. Thursday, April 20th from 4 to 6, powered by Graphite. Saturday and Sunday. Hello out there, we're on the air, it's hockey night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps, and the players bump, and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. Oh, all right, Miller Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Playoff hockey downtown Des Moines. First time in five years, four years, some years. Ben Gislason probably knows he's the voice of the Iowa Wild. I love the fact that they needed to win. They needed to beat the Texas Stars to get in in the final game of the regular season. They took care of business on the road, punched their ticket to the postseason, and here they are, games two and three. Game two, Friday night at the well, 7 o'clock puck drops Sunday, if necessary, in this best of three. Hello, Ben Gislason. How are you? Hello, Ken Miller and Trent Condon. Uh, fabulous. We are let's see, a little under 25 minutes from departing to Rockford, as Tim Army has coined it, destination unknown. Uh, that's their, like their slogan. That's their slogan and yeah. our team slogan, Be the Roar. That's been all over social media. So we're just, uh, it's been a roller coaster ride all season. As you all know, Ken, I know you, you keep tabs on the club and you got a franchise record uh, point streak in there. You've got a month of February that everybody would have loved to forget because they lost, I think it was eight in a row at one point. So it's been a ride all over this season, but they've peaked at the right time. They're playing their best hockey right now. And it's the time of year where you want to still be alive. It was funny. I thought about it this morning. I said, boy, you know, we're here with all this buzz. It's excitement. We're getting ready to go to Rockford. How different it could have been if Sunday would not have gone how it went. And there were a lot of different ways it could have panned out. So um, we're just, we're beyond thrilled. We're beyond excited. And 
as you were uh, trying to guesstimate it, let's see, it's been since 2019 since the Iowa Wild first made a playoff uh, berth, and, and they actually would have made some playoffs in between then and now with a few playoffs that did not happen in the American Hockey League, too. So to be back in it, is just spectacular. You know, before we move on, just uh, I really enjoyed your call, the clinching, the playoff clinching, last uh, probably minute or so uh, of the game against uh, Texas the other day. That was very well done, Ben. I'm sure you got a lot I, of feedback on it, but well done. I appreciate that. But, uh, you know, that the, when I'm in those moments, what you're trying to do is you're trying to capture what everyone's feeling and you're trying to put it into perspective. Um, I appreciate the kind words, but. Um, you know, the players and the staff really, really helped that moment come to fruition and all the work and time and diligence they've put in and our front office staff that has put in, our fans have put into this team. You're just hoping to find a way to capture that for them. And um, it, from the feedback I've gotten, it sounds like we were able to do that. And um, I'm hoping to get more opportunities to put <laughs> together calls like that here down the stretch for sure. Well, a three-game series and you started on the road, so... Very difficult nature of the Calder Club playoffs. Explain a little bit the process, what we're looking at, it, and what a run means here. Three gamer, that means you've got to win two. You'll get them over the weekend. But just kind of how that sets up and, and how difficult in the nature of hockey we're used to those seven-game playoff series, what a three-gamer is going to be like. Well, and even five, which is the mm-hmm. more of the norm in the American Hockey League. Three yep. is weird. This time of year, every inch, every millimeter of the ice matters. And when you put it into a best-of-three series, I'm not sure there's a unit of measurement you could apply to that phrase um, because literally one thing goes wrong, that could be it. Um, but also, that works for them, too. It's not, it's not like we're the only ones facing down how important and, and drastic those three games are. But it is. It, it's, every shift has an immense magnitude and gravity to it. And if you can somehow find a way to win tomorrow. And Iowa has been very good against Rockford, period, but they've been really good in Rockford this year. So it's actually, if you were to try to sit down and say, how do things look, they actually look pretty good. Now, it's a different time of year as the best of three really tightens things up. And to me, the best of three really takes out a ton of the looking back at the series and saying, well, Iowa was the better team. So, yes, advantage Iowa. Three games really makes it just what happens on that night. I mean, that's really what it comes down to because there's not a lot of time to make up for a strange bounce. You just all of a sudden, your back's against the wall after one game. Someone tomorrow night is going to be leaving that rink facing elimination in Rockford. So the good news for Iowa is they're going to get a chance to come home, hopefully with a win in their hamper because they've been such a good road team. They were one of the best road teams in the entire American Hockey League this year. And so that's a great setup because they can go to Rockford, they can try to get it done, and they can come back home, and then you just need one from there. And you hope it's Friday night because you don't want to give Rockford a chance at, at, at just one game win all on Sunday. But if it gets there, Iowa's confident going in. They liked their matchup against the Ice Hogs this season. And the other thing I would add is 12 times these teams have played. That will add to the hmm. narrative. That will add to the script. And of those 12, 7 of 12 went to overtime or a shootout. So they were razor-thin margins between these two teams, which from a broadcasting side has me just stoked because it means these games are going to be gripping and dripping with drama. Yeah, by the sounds. What kind, what kind of games were they? Were they physical? Is Rockford a physical team? Is that what you can expect from them? No, they're fast. Okay. And Iowa's fast, too. Um, and, and each team has 
its host of characters that if the game gets a little chippy or snarly, that they can they can settle it down. Um, but I expect these games, as much as these teams are familiar with each other, I don't remember a ton of nights thinking, well, you know, the circus is in town and we're <laughs> under the big top here because yeah. it's going wayward. I just remember the pace and the intensity really ratcheted up. I think back to two games there in February at the end of a long road trip for Iowa, and the place was jammed at BMO Center in Rockford, and that, that building, speaking of carnival atmosphere, it's crazy out there, so it'll be fun there. And then to come back here, and I've only heard that Wells Fargo Arena during the playoffs is insane, so I can't wait to see that for the first time myself. But I expect the games to be highly paced. I expect them to have lots of intensity to them but not maybe as much on the physical or the nastiness side especially because it's a three-game series so one stupid penalty could do it for you so you have to be very stay out of the box yep yep you have to um and but i expect the pace to be really what takes this game to the next level because both of these teams can really get up and down the ice and have a ton of speed in their lineup so ben you knew you had a five-hour bus trip in front of you maybe a chance to catch a nap this afternoon did you stay up till 1 a.m. Mm. watching the Minnesota Wild last night? <laughs> I tried to. Um, mm. what, what really was working against me was uh, we flew out of Austin yesterday at 8 a.m. And my other, you know, I, I, I almost like to say I moonlight as the team broadcaster, but a lot more <laughs> of my, my work during the day, uh, as my predecessor Joe O'Donnell did too, was tickets for planes and buses and travel and team services. So I got to be at the airport ahead of an 8 a.m. flight we're there with our equipment managing staff to get the bags loaded at 5 a.m. So we were working on about, I was working on about eh, four hours of sleep yesterday, and I tried the nap when I got home, and I couldn't. And so I watched the game. I watched the first period. Uh, I watched the second. And then I moved upstairs, which was the bad move, and, and tried to finish the rest of it from bed, and I, I lost it about <laughs> five minutes into the third. Yeah. So I woke up to good news, though, and a lot of text, that's for sure, and saw the winner today, and um, boy, Sammy Steele, what a big game. He sets up the winner on the forecheck and scored that beautiful goal uh, in the second period, too, on the breakaway. Absolutely did. He had a big night. Uh, so is, uh, I'm sure Tim Army's keeping it uh, you know, very close to the vest uh, as to who's going to start in goal yeah. uh, uh, tomorrow. And I, I assume it's Wallstead, but he could fool us, I guess? It's a, it's a great question. Um, you know, today we had, we had a bunch of media over here today to, to obviously – capture what we've got going on and all the hype and that was one of the questions he got asked and and you're, you're right he's keeping it very close to the chest i honestly i don't have a gut feeling either way because you could say well zane mcintyre's in his eighth year he's been in these spots before um he's a veteran he can handle the moment but jesper volstead has proven he can handle the moment even though he's 20 years of age because really down this stretch these games have felt like they're going to feel tomorrow. Yes, it's going to get cranked up more because it is officially the playoffs, but Iowa's been sort of backs against the wall since mid-March. So Volstead's proven he can play in those games. McIntyre, with eight years in the league, knows he can play in those games. So I, I think they don't, they don't have a bad choice they can make. It, it won't be one of those days where all of a sudden if you see one or you see the other in your heart, you'll go, oh, I don't know. I really think it could go either way. Um, you may know a little bit more about how you play forward after that night. Um, but I fully expect to see Jesper at least once because Minnesota is going to want to have him get these experiences. Absolutely. We want to have him get this experience, and he's earned the right to get the yeah. experience. But I, I would think you might see a little bit of both, um, and then maybe you get a decision if you have to get to that game three about who you like more between night one and night two. Uh, how are tickets going for Friday? Where is IowaWild.com best place to get them? Yes, absolutely. Or 515-564-8700. 
uh, if you're old school like me, I would call. Uh, um, but, yeah, online is the easiest way to do it. And we saw a huge spike Saturday night. People were clearly paying attention. Because the minute those tickets went on sale, people jumped on them. And we've seen a steady stream all week long and even more time now between today and Friday to, to really fill this place and to make it feel uh, just as gigantic and mega as we want it to feel come Friday night. And, and the players know. The players care. I get asked about it every home game. What's the crowd looking like tonight? I guarantee you they're going to be asking yep. me on Friday morning, too. Uh, there's nothing like it. Playoff hockey. I-Cubs are on the road. Catch a break that way. Uh, go check it out for yourselves. Playoff hockey. Rockford. Friday night, 7 o'clock puck drop. Here's hoping it's for the, the well, it'll be a, clinch, a game clinching uh, situation either way, but yeah. hopefully uh, uh, for the sake of the wild. Good stuff, Ben. I appreciate you coming on. Hope the building's packed on uh, Friday night. We're certainly going to do our part between now and then. Thank you, Ben. Much appreciated, guys. Thanks so much, and enjoy. The playoffs are here. Indeed they are. Good to talk to you. Ben Gesslison, the voice of the Iowa Wild. All right, Trent's plays of the day coming up next. How'd you do yesterday? Three and two. Still a winning day? We scratched out cut some it? profit? That's a good thing. Indeed it is. Um, all three of them, NBA, NHL, and MLB? We're dipping our toe in a little bit of everything. I uh, did the math. NHL has been pretty good. NBA, not so much. Really? Missed my last eight picks. Ooh. Yeah. I saw a tweet yesterday from somebody in Vegas that they couldn't get a bet on Sacramento. I'm, I was with them. <laughs> couldn't find anyone to bet on the Kings. Wish I would have. Uh, Miller and Condon back with Trent's Plays of the Day. Circus Sports Sponsors. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. If you're thinking of incorporating or setting up an Iowa LLC, zoom right past LegalZoom and work with Rush Niggett, a Brick Gentry PC. He set up an affordable online small business package that helps you decide whether to form a limited liability company LLC or a corporation. With Rush Niggett's help, it's easy to form your new small business. Rush Niggett, a business lawyer with Brick Gentry Law PC. Go to RushOnBusiness.com. It's good to have Rush the NFL Draft is coming up next Thursday in Kansas City. But before Goodell takes the stage, it's your turn. Join myself, Trent Condon, and Sean Roberts during The Drive on Thursday, April 20th, and you can make your pick for your team live on the air. It's the KXNO Mock Draft presented by Graphite Construction Group. We'll be at the Chicken Coop in Ankeny, 1325 Southwest or Labor Road. Great wings, cold drinks, and a lot of NFL Draft conversation. Thursday, April 20th from 4 to 6. Powered by Graphite. Be the roar. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Back to Miller and Condon on KXNO and Trent's Pick of the Day. Presented by Circus Sports Iowa. All right, final couple of minutes on a Tuesday. Let's get right to it, Trent Condon. I got a lot for you. Let's kick things off with a prop. Baseball prop. Ronald Acuna Jr. over a half stolen base. (laughs) Blake Snell, awful. Against runners, third worst pitcher in stolen base allowed. On top of it, Austin Nola, his catcher, has just nabbed two of 21 base Yeesh. dealers against him. Plus 160. 
You like those plus I numbers. I do. Got to get on base, but if he does... I'm feeling good. I might actually play a few more Braves in that stolen base prop market, but that's the only one available right now uh, that I jumped aboard. I'm playing your Jets tonight. Ooh, I, hope I, you're know. Right. I already got him in the series. Well, I told you I've been good at hockey. I, look, I, I think the they NBA, win the series, Trent. I believe they're going to win the series. I hope they do it in six because I got him at plus 550 <laughs> to get that done. Uh, that is all I have for hockey tonight. Basketball, I didn't want to dink around. So what I did is I put the Suns... And the Cavaliers together on a money lane parlay. Both mm-hmm. teams just have to don't worry about the point spread. Right. Just win game two at home after beat dropping the Knicks, game one. beat the Clippers. Minus one seventeen. That's not too shabby. Just have to win on both of them, like that one in the NBA. And then baseball, go back to the well again with the Diamondbacks. They have been good to me in those props that I hit before the season. We're already off to a very good start there. Playing Boston with the twins in town. The underlying numbers for Sonny Gray, not too good right now uh, when you look at who his Who pitches numbers. for the Red Sox? Uh, who is was it, it Sale? It is Sale, who has not been good himself. No, he's been awful. He's been really, really bad. But going to jump aboard there in Fenway. Give me Boston minus 105. Play the Yankees as well tonight. Minus a run and a half. That's plus 138 as they take on Suarez, who is terrible for the Angels. And playing an under tonight as well in baseball with the O's and the Nats. A full slate here Seven bets overall, and throughout the afternoon, we'll probably add another one or two. (laughs) You can find all my bets at the Action Network, and follow along with me, fade me, played with me. If you've been fading me, well, here lately in the NBA, you're doing pretty well. If you've been doing it overall over the last six months. You're getting clobbered. You're getting killed. Yeah, clobbered. Let's get hot. Uh, 4,700 people watched the A's and the Cubs last night. 5,000 over under tonight. Tuesday night. Under. You think under forty seven hundred, forty seven hundred and ninety three. What didn't in forty eight hundred? What was that? The third that they started to score a bunch of runs. I, that was the only part of the game that didn't I didn't see a pitch, a baseball period. It was about three batters that I saw, and that was when they were scoring. Well, um, we'll see. Forty seven hundred. That's embarrassing. <laughs> Murphy and Andy in five minutes to drive with Heather and Sean. Three to six. Miller and Condon weekdays eleven to one. Des Moines Sports Station one hundred six point three KX.